Broadcasting live to the world now, it's Sheila Zelensky. This is a very sinister Luciferian eugenics plan. These spineless weasels preach what people want to hear. They replace repentance with dreams of the good life. Mindless minions. Dying daily, taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. And as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. And it's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. The Sheila Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, end time watchwoman, Sheila Zelinsky. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Sheila Zelinsky Show for this Monday, July 27th, 2015. I broadcast at 6 p.m. Eastern Time every day, that's weekdays, right here on Worldwide Christian Radio. I got a lot of emails about Friday's show, and yes, it was an absolute disaster. Let's just say we went silent about, I think about 27 minutes into the broadcast, it just shut down. So I want to really apologize for that. There is an MP3 of the broadcast. So if you want to catch it on my podcast, it says follow Sheila on Podomatic on my website. Now, if you go and refresh your browser, you're going to notice there's a lot of changes on my website. We have updated the website. It was put to a new server and it required some changes. So it is on a new server. We have beefed up security and totally new server. So it cannot have some of the same issues it's been having. So as of today, just please refresh your browser and I'm sure you'll notice some new changes. I hope you like the new changes. Now, the one thing is every day I'm going to be putting my guests up in the scrolling bar on the top. So there is still the scrolling bar. That is going to be where guests are going to be located. And then they'll be archived under the tab show archives. The shows will be archived there. And the other show archives that were missing from late last week while we were trying to transfer everything over are there now as well. So we're just getting things a little tweaked, a little streamlined Again, trying to beef up security measures after what was happening the last few weeks. Now, just about Friday, I did tell people, send emails to the Alex Jones show. I think this book is really important and the kind of exposure on the Alex Jones show, I think, is just very important. And so if people want to win a free signed copy, that's a personally signed to you copy of my book, simply Email Alex Jones at tips, T-I-P-S, at Infowars.com. 
request Sheila Zelinsky, author of Green Gospel, as a guest. Forward me a copy of your email and voila, you will be entered into a draw. I'm drawing four names, four personally signed copies are going out to you, the listener, and I'll be making that draw on Friday on the air so I can upload it to YouTube as well. So get those emails in to Alex, forward me a copy of the email, and I will be making that live draw on Friday's show and as well uploading that to YouTube as well. The four winners of Green Gospel, the contest. And, you know, here's the thing. The contest may be a nice, fun, cutesy little thing. The book is not. This is really important information. And I just really encourage every single person that is listening to this show today to get this book exposed. This is a very important book. And there's a lot of people that even listen to other programs that really do need to wake up to what's going on. Because again, this is the greatest hoax of our era. My book is now on Amazon.com. If you go to greengospel.ca, click on order now, it'll take you to a direct link to Amazon.com. And also, I've been nominated for a Conspira Award in the Best Female Christian Fringe Personality. So they're kind of fun. You know, I don't put much stock in these. But, well, to me, it's personally a pleasure to be nominated in such good company. There's a little insta-link there on my website that says vote. So do vote for me. Folks, we got a tremendous show tonight. My good friend Dave Hodges is on the show. You all know him from the popular The Common Sense show. It is a pleasure to have him back on to weigh in on all the news headlines as well as what's going on with Jade Helm. Welcome back to the program, Dave. It's a pleasure to have you back on. Well, it's great to be back on with you, Sheila. It's been too long. It is Caligula-level insanity meets the Fourth Reich here, maybe the Final Reich. We've got Babylon, Satanic churches. We've got persecution of Christians intensifying. Slaughtering Christians is fair game, according to Islam. The largest public satanic ceremony in history. I mean, we are morphing into Babylon. Our money system is collapsing. The surveillance grid is out of control. And of course, more devilish Planned Parenthood videos being released. I mean, we've got some stuff going on here. Well, let's face it. The gates of hell have opened. Dave, where do we start with all this? You know, it's hard to get a to get my mind around the Planned Parenthood thing. Uh, I've long felt that they were satanically inspired. Uh, if there was any doubt to that suspicion, it's been erased. And the question I have, and I don't mean to digress where we're going, but you know, where are the churches on this? Why aren't the pastors on their weekly and daily TV broadcasts and speaking to their congregation why aren't they vilifying these actions? I mean, we hear nothing from our pulpits anymore about the 70 million babies that have been murdered. We haven't heard anything about this Planned Parenthood fiasco and genocide. It's, it's horrendous. And, and it's so hard to keep up. I remember, Sheila, when I started my website in September of 2012, my wife asked me if I would ever run out of things to write. We laugh about that now. Evil is working at breakneck speed, 
the globalists know that more and more people are waking up and they're afraid, so they're throwing the kitchen sink at us, so to speak, and we're being attacked on every front. And let me just say this. I made this point last night when I was uh, speaking with John B. Wells on my program, and what I said was that because the people are waking up, the globalists are throwing everything at us, but they would be anyway. A lot of people think if we would just get rid of the IRS or the Federal Reserve or do away with abortion, uh, gay marriage, whatever it is, that everything would be okay, and that's not correct. We're not fighting singular issues here. We are fighting an entire way of life as opposed to a Christian way of life. And I'm basically it's Satan versus Jesus. And this is what we're coming down to here. It's not one thing, it's everything. And when you talk about the, the surveillance state, the I call it the police state surveillance grid, where the cars track you everywhere and so forth and so on, you know, it's all part of what they're doing. They're creating predictive threat matrices for us. Uh, they want to know who's going to rise up against the new world order when it's in place, who are likely to be the leaders. And these people, through this surveillance grid, are going to be targeted for elimination based on their threat matrix score. Absolutely. Well, you know, I've talked about Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, in my book, Green Gospel, that just hit Amazon last Friday. And you know what's stunning is Dave, she was an absolute huge proponent of forced sterilizations. This is the woman who in 1974, when the UN organized its first world population conference to debate population control in which after that China rolled out its infamous one-child policy in around 1980 but she was the this founder of Planned Parenthood this is what kind of demons run this she said the most merciful thing that a family does to one of its infant members is to kill it. I mean, the Bill Gates Foundation has given them millions in cash infusions. You know, I call him Slick Billy Gates, the modern face of eugenics. This guy has a sinister penchant for vaccinations, as you well know. But I think you made an excellent point, Dave, is why are Christians not in a fervent uproar over this? Why are they not descending on Washington, D.C. like a swarm of mad locusts over this Planned Parenthood thing and shutting it down? No, instead, it's crickets chirping in the pulpit. They're silent on all the big issues. They don't want to talk about abortion. They don't want to talk about forced vaccinations. And they don't want to talk about depopulation. You've got guys running around out there like Ted Turner saying, hey, we're all going to be cannibals. We're all going to be eating each other because of global warming, because man is causing global warming, because you got too many people using too much stuff. Ted Turner, there's a devil. Him and his buddy Slick Billy Gates. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure of depopulation. This is sinister. Well, yeah, Ted Turner has been for a long time, since 1997 in his Audubon magazine interview where he called for a 90% reduction in the human population. So he's been at this as a proponent publicly for almost two decades. Well, I don't know if you saw this, Dave. In October of 2014, the people can look this up, the National Academy of Sciences published a shocking report that envisions a Chinese-style global one policy. It's a one-child policy is the only means 
of reversing climate change and reducing global population to a, there you go with this Ted Turner's favorite word, a sustainable number of around 500 million people. This white paper is entitled Human Population Reduction, and it's authored by the University of Adelaide's Corey Bradshaw, and it presents the impact of world wars and global pandemics that are going to wipe out 6 billion people. Well, guess who else talks about that? Good old Slick Bailey Gates, the modern face of eugenics. This guy is a, he's a very sick man. And yet, you know, he always runs around and he, I'm a philanthropist. (laughs) Are you sure you don't mean philanderer? (laughs) Yeah, maybe that's what I meant. I mean, did you ever think that you would live to see the day when we had no free speech? Just be nice little loyal minions. Sit down, shut up. Don't you dare question your government. Don't you dare question the narrative. Go along with everything. Just be nice little mindless minions and everything will work out. I mean, did you ever think that you would live to see the day, Dave, when the Bible has become hate speech? Well, when it's Satan who's motivating these actions, no, I'm not surprised. Um, also, I'm sure you saw where General, retired General Wesley Clark called for the incarceration, or I should say the internment. Yeah, he said everything but FEMA camps, but he's calling for the internment of disloyal Americans. Now, what's a disloyal American? In their eyes, a disloyal American is anyone who demands the government follow the Constitution. Absolutely. Well, it reminds you of something. Remember George Bush said, let us never tolerate any outrageous conspiracy theories. So, you know, let's not tolerate these outrageous conspiracy theorists like Dave Hodges. So springboarding into Jade Helm, Dave, of course, I find that you and I are getting a lot of emails. Okay, is Jade Helm off the table? You're not covering it anymore. Let's get into Jade Helm, Dave. What is the latest on this? And share a little bit with the listeners what John B. Wells shared on your program last night sure um uh jade helm right now i I believe it's the calm before the storm but what i have subsequently discovered is that there's a jade helm in europe being run by nato it's called trident um trident juncture and they are training coincidentally in the mediterranean region of southern europe and the main countries there are greece italy spain portugal the next four countries, or I should say three of the countries, are going to follow Greece in terms of economic chaos. And these groups are training there, and they're training basically, I call them a civilian, uh, civil war suppression force. So Jade Helm has gone international. So the globalists have adopted the posture that will come in and just smash any revolutionary activity before it can get started. Because Jade Helm, to go back to the beginning, when you have RSOF, uh, Special Operations Forces, and regular military, and what you're doing is practicing conducting r- drills from uh, 11 p.m. to 4 a.m., and they are extraction drills, what you're looking at are death squads. And what RSOF and the Special Operations Forces do in regular combat zones is they come in the night before combat, and they either assassinate or kidnap high-value targets. Well, this is the only reason you have them involved in Jade Helm. And then you have groups, regular military, like the 82nd Airborne. Well, that's your martial law enforcement force. And then we know all kinds of foreign troops have been training uh, in conjunction with Jade Helm, everybody from uh, the Danes to the Germans to the Poles to the Turks. And, of course, I've been talking about it for a long time, 
the Russians and the Chinese. And they will be part of a UN force if we go into any kind of rebellion designed to put down the rebellion. And this is the nuts and bolts of Jade Helm. It's basically order preservation. Now, I have said this since April, and I want people to hear me clearly. And I'm not directing this just solely at your audience, Sheila. I'm directing it at people that enjoy being naysayers to reporters like myself, trying to say things that we have never said. I have never come out and said conclusively that Jade Helm's going to go live. I detailed the conditions in which Jade Helm would go live, like an economic collapse. You've got your ready-made force sitting right there. If you had nuclear events on our soil, courtesy of ISIS or some other terrorist group, you would have the response group in Jade Helm. But what I have said, and I want people to hear this very, very clearly, I can't promise you Jade Helm's going to go live by September 15th. But what I can tell you, if it's not Jade Helm 15, it'll be Jade Helm 16, or maybe Jade Helm 17.5, because they are not committing these numbers of forces, allocating these kinds of resources, and spending this kind of money if someday they weren't planning to do this. What they're planning to do right now is kidnap, execute, and cordon off with martial law American citizens. This is totally unwarranted. It's totally illegal. It's unconstitutional. It violates posse comitatus. And this is the first military action on American soil of this nature since Reconstruction following the Civil War. And the American people are just asleep at the wheel. This is totally illegal. And if they weren't planning to do it to us, then we should be asking the question, why in the world are they practicing this? And at first they tried to lie and say, well, it's a Middle East venture. Well, that's a lie because you practice in the terrain of what you're going to go to. And when you're in the thicket and the woods of Texas, you know, you're not practicing for the Middle East. They would be out near Yuma, Arizona, in the California desert, practicing in the sand dunes. And they're not doing that. So that's all a big lie. So Jade Helm will go live someday in some semblance whether it goes by the name Jade Helm 15, Jade Helm 17, or some other name uh, like Trident uh, Juncture, I don't think it really matters. What you call it, it's going to happen. Now, what we also need to know is what the current status is. One of the things, Sheila, and it's funny, you get the lens of perspective. As I cover Jade Helm starting in late March through April through May and June and into this month, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the feelings of outrage that I just expressed, but there was something that always nagged at me, and I'm going to reveal this for the first time publicly on a radio show. And here's what nagged at me, and I wrote an article to this effect on Sunday. The troop movements going on and the kind of equipment that's being moved around the country that gets videoed by my listeners and and other people's listeners, and they forward these tapes and pictures to us. This is out of proportion for a martial law force. You don't need a train of, well, say, 200 tanks, like I saw in Central California, uh, something that Davu 777 did. You don't need that for martial law and suppression of civilian forces. That's a battlefield movement. Why? is our military moving battlefield equipment 
not specifically martial law suppression forces around the country in unprecedented numbers. And, and what's interesting to me is let's just take Operation Raider Focus out of Fort Carson, Colorado, where they dumped almost 5,000 soldiers, an unlimited amount of mechanized equipment from tanks to half-tracks and so forth, and they rolled them over the, the prairie lands in Pinion Canyon all the way down to the Oklahoma state line in southeastern Colorado, covering a distance of anywhere between about 225 to 250 miles. And I'm thinking, why would they do this? This is a military expedition force. This is not martial law suppression. This is, this is an invasion force. And then I started gathering facts on how much has been moved, just informally. And, and, and we're talking about into the thousands of tanks and mechanized equipment. And I'm thinking, there's more to this than meets the eye. And what I first thought, and I'm not so sure that's wrong, but I've moved on to another conclusion, but what I first thought was that this force was a World War III preparation force, get the country under martial law, and boom, the next day, you're going to war with Russia. That's what I initially thought, and it still could be that, but what I think is going on is this, and I, and I need to go back to my sources and share this with you, and I'm sorry to make this so long and drawn out, but this is so critically important. I went to my sources last weekend, and I have among them two deep cover ex-military sources still very well connected, and I have to communicate with them in very unusual and bizarre manner. And they told me for a long time, and they said, we will never tell you about an operation that's ongoing. And the Benghazi situation was the first American military coup against this president. And I need to tie this part in to, to, to wrap all this up. In Benghazi, when Ambassador Stevens was under attack, the head of AFRICOM, General Ham, and the head of Carrier Task Force 3, Admiral Guyette, were conspiring together to rescue Stevens against presidential orders and Leon Panetta on behalf of the president. And they were going to ignore these orders. Now, what we know that Stevens was into was drug trafficking, sex trafficking, and gun running to groups like Al-Qaeda, later ISIS. He had to be murdered. He asked repeatedly for Hillary Clinton, the Secretary of State, to reinforce his bodyguard detail, and she refused because everybody knew Chris Stevens can't be allowed to live to tell these stories. Well, at the same time, Obama was ravaging his way through the military, firing over 260 senior command officers. So this is the motivation for Ham and Guyette to go along with, let's rescue Stevens, let's parade him out in front of the media, and Stevens is going to sing like a canary about this criminal administration and bring it to its knees and extricate the country of Obama once and for all. But unfortunately, what Obama had done was he placed CIA operatives as the number twos in a lot of our key military posts, and it was unknown until Benghazi. So when, when Ham began to act, he was promptly arrested by Colonel Rodriguez, CIA number two in his command, and the same fate awaited Admiral Guyette, and both taken out of play, and Stevens, as we know, with his bodyguard contingent, was killed. That was the first American coup. Now, it was a coup of opportunity, not a coup of planning. For a military to plan the coup, and this is what my sources have told me, they know from the Vietnam days that they have to have the popular support of the people, and too many of the people are still dumbed down to give popular support. So they have to wait for a coup of opportunity. Now, Sheila, this is, this is big. This is a huge revelation 
from my sources, although it does come indirectly. My sources said, we'll never reveal an ongoing operation. I asked them, would we ever have another coup? And they said, only of opportunity. I believe now, and I wrote an article that I released on Sunday, that Jade Helm is that opportunity. And here's what we're looking at. On one hand, the military is practicing to suppress the American people who may not go along with the criminal bankers who've hijacked our government. But on the other hand, we're seeing military transport and shifting of assets and resources along with a, uh, a six-year war game involving the Navy where the Navy is on a constant state of alert. I put the map on how that is working uh, in yesterday's article, Sunday's article, and it's all there. And so I, I contacted my sources, both of them, and I asked the question, is a coup underway because I believe and I explained to them what I just said here to your listening audience. Crickets chirping was the response. They would not answer me. Wow. And then I, and then I uh, through a second set of communications, uh, I, I basically asked the same question again in a different way. Crickets chirping. And then I wrote a third communication, or communicated a third time, and I said, should I stop writing about this? Because I'm prepared to say that Jade Helm could be a military coup in disguise. It's kind of like using judo. You know, fat big guy runs at you and you roll back on your back after you grab his lapels and you flip him over you, and that's using the attacker's momentum and force against them, and that's what Jade Helm could be. Suppress the American people on one hand with the military and special operations forces. On the other hand, you do such a huge military buildup that they can move on Washington and other key facilities run by foreign nationals and by DHS. And so I asked the question, should I stop writing about this? Well, I look stupid. And the answer I got from both of my sources independently said, absolutely not. Keep writing. But they refused to comment on my first two questions. I think it's possible. And I won't say probable, but I think it's highly possible that what we're looking at right now is this increased military activity across the country. It's not a World War III preparation. It's a get rid of the bankers and Obama proposition. Interesting. That's where I think this is headed, Sheila. And I don't have a time frame. I, I know my facts are a little bit on the shaky side. But then to my critics, here's what I would say. Please explain to me why we're seeing such massive troop and equipment movements far and beyond what would ever be needed for, for martial law suppression. And, and no one, I, and I asked some of my friends this, people who aren't hypercritical of me, I said, I want you to criticize me. I want you to tell me what's wrong with that question. You've got a simple answer. I can't find anyone who can answer the question. That's a great question. And yet there is no one that's answering it. And I think you and I were the first ones that talked about this around a year ago. Do you remember, Dave, when the UN was advertising for the disarmament, demobilization, and reintegration officers. And when you got into the job title code, it said disarmament, demobilization, and reintegration. Well, one of the things it said in that posting was experience with small arms control, conflict, and post-conflict crisis management. What post-conflict management? I mean, conflict management usually implies one of two possibilities, Dave. Civil war... Or maybe the U.S. has been conquered at the time Jade Helm goes live and we're then talking about disarming individual American citizens. And consider this. What would be the one thing that this good old administration could do that would guarantee a revolt? And I mean a violent, 
Spot for the gun. Absolutely. Yeah, no question. Um, you, you, Sheila, you brought up an outstanding point. And it, it's something that I haven't considered in the present context, although I've written about it before. But you're absolutely right about this jobs for, for UN. You're absolutely correct on that. That existed. Uh, we have the hard copy document. It's been printed all over the Internet. I believe it was a 2014 situation. Um, at that time, I was almost thinking if we ever go into martial law because of Ebola, this is how they'll use these guys. But now I look at it in a different context. Now that you bring it up that way, and I think you're right on the money. And, and let's go a step further with this. Well, and just w- before you do that, think about this, though. These gun grabbers like Feinstein, Obama, I mean, all of them, they're always trying to seize guns. I think they stay up late at night trying to figure out how to take our guns. Foreign troops will be operating under the UN flag in the pursuit of this agenda. We've talked about that. So in order to impose martial law, think about the administration would need a pretext, so a false flag event. We've talked about the different pretext possibilities for a few years even. 300,000 or close to 400, 500,000 foreign troops training on American soil, learning to speak English. They were learning how to use American guns, fighting in an urban environment. So when you think about this, Dave, and you kind of start thinking about the convergence of these developments coupled with both the UN, the State Department documents you and I have made public, making it clear that this administration is creating a world police force. I mean, it kind of brings a whole new light to conflict, post-conflict management, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it goes right back to what I said about Trident exposure. They go from country to country as the economies fail. And, and what do nations do and governments do when economies fail? They become extremely repressive. And they take away all civil liberties, and that's what this force is designed to do. And it's Jade Helm International. I wrote about that, a few, uh, a, I don't know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of last week. But what I, 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 let me go even a step further. Boy, this, this could end up being a 10-hour interview if we let it. <laughs> but I, I, listen, I, I am convinced that the reason that you put this nation under martial law and you go about systematic disarmament of the citizens, you get the 300 million guns off the street, you negate the 22 million veterans that could be a really formidable Viet Cong kind of force. And Obama has left open uh, our, our, our back door for invasion with, with Alaska, for example. In 2010, he gave away seven oil-rich islands, but also two of them were strategically placed to be good launching points for an invasion of Alaska. Obama suspended the F-22 overflights up and down the coastline, saying uh, the planes had oxygen uptake problems, which was true, but then he should have replaced them with the F-16s or the newer F-35s, and he didn't. And then he has greatly reduced the submarine patrols off the coast of Alaska. He has left Alaska completely and 100% defenseless. I do believe we're going to be attacked. In addition, he's allowed, and I've written about this as well, 12 nations in Latin America to align with Russia, uh, where Russians have key military equipment and troops in these countries. And I went through them one by one and documented each particular instance. It's not like Dave Hodges thinks this is true. It's what the facts present. And I'm talking everybody from Peru to Brazil to Panama to Nicaragua to Cuba uh, to Costa Rica. You can go right down the line. They're all aligning against the United States. In fact, they had a meeting 
a few months ago, the uh, Nations of American States, and, and they had 33 nations, and they did not invite Canada and the U.S. That is significant when you consider that in the context of Russian military arming these countries. It's Red Dawn, and it's, it's a pincer invasion. And then the Russians are going to come out of the North Pole, and people can just go to my website, thecommonsenseshow.com, put down Russians North Pole, and you'll see the massive military buildup they're conducting at the North Pole. I not only have the documents, but I've got pictures of their buildup, and the U.S. is trying to counter. The, the Scandinavian countries are scared to death of this. But if you remember that old game you play as a kid called King of the Hill, when you're at the North Pole, you can strike out in any direction that you want. And I do believe a third invasion force will sweep down from Canada into the United States. And so we'll see a three-pronged attack to cut off the west part of the United States from the eastern part of the United States. And then I, I believe our friends from Cuba uh, and other Latin American states will launch an amphibious invasion that will be Russian-backed, and they'll start coming up uh, the coast yeah, starting in Florida. And this is, I mean, I look at this, and Sheila, I've got a background academically in military history. Not a great one, but a good enough one at the undergraduate level to have a degree. And what I'm telling you from my education is these are the things that make sense when you look at the existing facts. And Obama ha has just reduced the Army by 40,000 men. He's reducing the entire military to pre-World War II levels at a time when we could go to war in a number of different venues across the planet. I mean, he is an absolute traitor setting America up for destruction. That's the only way to say it. You know what Obama's like? He's like a football coach who the night before the Super Bowl fires his quarterback, fires his backfield, his two best defensive players, and gets rid of all his assistant coaches. If you make the analogies with the firing of the generals, reduction of military force, reduction of key nuclear armaments and so forth, this effect, can you imagine a coach doing that on the eve of a Super Bowl and what the media would say about him? Well, that's what Obama's done to our military. He has set us up for utter destruction. Now, this is why I believe the military has conducted the six-year war game where they have ships out to sea constantly. We were over in San Diego year before last and went down to the bay where so many of the ships are harbored and you can walk through an old aircraft carrier that's been decommissioned and there were no ships there. Why are the Russians increasing the size of their nuclear submarine fleet while we're just totally reducing ours to nothingness? Because Obama was born into a communist family. He was bred by communists. He was trained by communists to become a communist. He was endorsed uh, by the Communist Party when he ran for election the first time. He was never vetted. I've got that in an article that I wrote midweek of last week. Uh, Obama is a communist. His mother, Ann Dunham, worked for Tim Geithner's father at the CIA Ford Foundation, CIA PSYOPs operation, and I believe Obama and his half-brother Malik, and the evidence supports this, went through PSYOPs MK Ultra training in Hawaii and also over in Indonesia when his mother was stationed there working for Tim Geithner's father. And now Malik Obama, his half-brother, what's he doing today? 
He runs guns for the Muslim Brotherhood and controls their finances. Well, and not only that, you mentioned the Ford Foundation. Most of Obama's relatives were involved in MKUltra. He's a Manchurian candidate. You just said he was raised by his avowed communist father, who was, by the way, folks, on the FBI watch list for commie agitators. And then you've got the sexual perverts, Valerie Jarrett and family, her family is connected to the Ayers family. Bill Ayers, the Weatherman Underground, launched Obama's political career. And then good old Brzezinski, that devil, was his professor and mentor at Occidental College. I mean, Dave, you cannot make this stuff up with how these born and bred commies are all interconnected. Bill Ayers, one of the biggest domestic terrorists in the history of this country, responsible for the death of a San Francisco police officer planned the death of many more in Detroit, as evidenced by Larry Grafwall's testimony, FBI agent. He launched Obama's career in politics in his Hyde Park, Chicago home. And he still visits the White House today. It's in that article that I just wrote. And then you've got the fact that Obama was never vetted by the FBI. Unbelievable, this never happened. It's federal law that you have to go through this five-point citizen assessment test. Well, it couldn't be allowed to happen because, first of all, the man's not a citizen. He was born in Kenya. The evidence is so clear on this. He's in Kenya today as we speak. Well, yeah, he's going back to his roots, so to speak. (laughs) You know, they shouldn't remake that TV series from the 70 roots and make Obama the star. (laughs) Well, Kenya is his destination home. But when you look at, at, at Obama... He is clearly a communist. There are people out there that still support him. And I'm going to give everyone in the audience here the universal question to ask people when they say, he's not that bad, you're a conspiracy theorist. Ask people, if you're a member of the middle class, name one thing that this president has done to improve your life. Name one. I didn't say ask the people who don't work and have jobs, 102 million of them that don't work full-time and they're working age. They'll tell you, I got my Obama phone. But ask people who are actually paying taxes to support this country, what has Obama done to support you? And I have never had anyone to this date answer anything that could be looked at as, oh, he's on the side of the middle class. Obama is a one-man wrecking crew who's made good on his promise to fundamentally transform America. And he should have said, into a fascist, communist nation controlled by international bankers. If people are still in denial, Dave, they might want to go search Executive Order 13603, the good old Obama manifesto. He gives himself to seize basically all our food, our water, our natural resources, all these nefarious executive orders, one after the other. And then, of course, I think of conscription here. Look at what he's doing. And, of course, he's also getting rid of the military dissenters at the same time. Some of these executive orders, though, Dave, I mean, anybody that's absolutely got any normalcy bias, bystander apathy, or you're still in a dystopic trance, again, search some of these executive orders. It's very frightening what he's doing here. Well, Sheila, let me toot the horn here of the Common Sense Show website. If people would go to my search engine, which is at the top of the website, and put in what you just mentioned, Executive Order 13603, 
I've written a number of articles in there, and you'd mentioned about conscription. Let me just mention this for a second. In sections 501, 601, and 802, I believe, it's in the articles, Obama calls for two types of conscription of American citizens. One is your traditional military conscription, but the selective service has now been placed under his executive order under the um, uh, Department of Labor. Now, it hasn't happened now, but 13603 goes into effect. That's when it becomes effective. There is a, and, there, and here's the reason why. There's a second type of conscription that Obama promises, and it's a civilian conscription. And what he says in there, and I'm going to use verbatim vocabulary from this executive order, he says that we shall employ people of outstanding abilities to be consultants. And then in the same paragraph, it says consultants are unpaid. Unpaid. In other words, folks, I want you to hear me. It's ironic, but it's true, and it's very sadly true, that the first African-American, when I use that term loosely, African-American president in American history wants to reintroduce slavery to this country. Unpaid means slavery. It also means they can send you wherever they want. They can separate husbands from wives and children from parents and the weak family members, depending on the strong family members. All this under 13603. I couldn't make this up. I couldn't sit down as a writer for the old show 24 and make this up and make it believable. But it's right there. I have the verbatim quotes. I link directly into whitehouse.gov where the order is listed. People can read this for themselves. Executive Order 13603, where this president plans on enslaving you and me. There's an article posted at Natural News, Pentagon now using Jade Helm exercise to teach Skynet how to kill human beings. Some believe that the rollout of drones on the battlefield and in American cities means that human elements are going to be combined with AI computers to conduct operations. And they also think that weaponized robots are not going to be far behind equipped with AI. Such robots would be capable of learning as they go, taking the decision-making out of the hands of the humans. Is Jade Helm an exercise that involves the use of artificial intelligence? Well, it is. And I've written about that and I got laughed at. I think maybe I wrote the article a couple of years too early, but I think it was 2012, in the fall of 2012, when I wrote this first article about the new robot forces. And then I followed it up with artificial intelligence. We have robots that are capable of carrying out human-like, very complex decision-making when they're programmed. But what a lot of people aren't aware of, and I found this from DARPA and DOD documents, that in Afghanistan they are experimenting with robots who can improvise on their own mission. And I just want people to stop and just reflect for a second on what this means. When you are a commander of a platoon and you go into combat and you have your battle plan, you very rarely stick with the battle plan all the way through. You have to adapt, you have to adjust so you can survive. Robots are developing that same capability courtesy of DARPA. And imagine for a second, you have a robot, and I, have, and I have shown these robots. I've shown them in training. You have a robot that's armed with lethal capabilities, facial recognition, and has the ability to reprogram itself on the spot, and they can run 30 miles an hour. 
They have incredible strength beyond a bear. They're stronger than a bear. You have no chance against them. If they send the robots out to look for you at some future date, this is your ultimate martial law suppression force. This technology is right here, right now, and as I think about it, I should probably rewrite the article and just update it, Sheila, because people don't believe this. In fact, this is how far their technology has gone against dissident suppression and anti-guerrilla warfare. I have a video from DARPA, and it shows a mechanized vehicle traveling down a road, and an RPG is fired at it, and the RPG shell explodes, the front tire of the mechanized vehicle lifts off the ground slightly and keeps right on going. They also have the ability, uh, it's called Exacto. They can fire a bullet around the corner, but if they have pre-painted the target, in other words, laser beam pre-painted, either from satellite or the scope of the rifle, they can kill someone up to about four miles away. They also, wow. if you fire a bullet, say you want to do an assassination on a general you know, of an op opposing force, you know, a la South Vietnam, Viet Cong kind of thing. The minute that your gun glimmers in the sun, the minute it comes up, um, a, a, a drone immediately homes in on your position and destroys you. This is the kind of technology that is here right now because I have videos of this technology being rehearsed. Well, by the time we get a hold of those videos, Sheila, you know darn good and well how far the military is ahead on technology before they let us know it. I believe these things are already in play. A person sent me a large department store in Tokyo that has robot employees. So replacing man with robots is not a science fiction anymore. But it's one thing to see a robot greater, Dave. But when you've got uninhibited combat vehicles and entire squadrons of robot-controlled planes and entire fleets of robot-driven military vehicles and couple that with the augmentation of human beings in very profound ways as to even merit not being made in God's image post-human and according to Kurzweil and his gang of merry men this is not that far away and if you go to a BBN technology site BBN technology things that they're doing in tactical IP military is frightening to say the least I mean these things have the ability to not only use vast amounts of data which we all know we're being data mined into oblivion collected on the human domain it says on their site hmm where have we heard that Dave well, isn't it interesting that Jade Helm the moniker phrase is mastering the human domain mm-hmm that imply some kind of artificial intelligence that's going to be used against us? Well, to generate human terrain systems, terraforming, to eliminate the insurgents, rebels, or whatever labels that can be flagged as targets in a warfare environments, essentially, isn't it? It is. And so I go back to, you know, if you're a corporal or a private, they don't know as much as what we're talking about right now. They, they are compartmentalized. They have no clue. But if you're a command officer and your rank is major and above, you're starting to see some of these things and you have to have questions. In fact, I've talked to enough of these people to know that many of them have questions. But let me give you something that I reported on this as I discovered this in, I'd say, mid to late May. And I wrote this into an article in which I said, my sources, one of them you know, cut his teeth in special operations, and, and my sources tell me that when they talk to 
Special Operations Forces personnel right now, leadership of Jade Helm, the people who would be making tactical and operational decisions, and they don't know what their mission is. They only know what they're told to carry out in that exact moment, at that exact time, after they're on the helicopter or wherever they're going. And this greatly concerns them because you would want at some level of your command structure for an entire operation like Jade Helm to have people who understand, you know, the operational goals so you could develop sub-goals to get your units to move towards those ultimate goals, but they don't even know what the ultimate goals are. That means the people running Jade Helm don't even know what the end game is. And I've written about this before in, in some length. And, and I'm getting, I get emails occasionally from family members or the soldiers themselves who are training in Jade Helm, and they're seeing things that are greatly disturbing them. And this is why I go back to, this is, your, your audience is getting kind of a glimpse into my thought process now on why I think the massive troop movement has much more to do with the military saying no and hell no than it does to do with military suppression of the, of the populace. Uh, we don't need to see the massive amount we're doing. I will tell you something else too, Sheila. If our military revolts, if that does happen, I think we can instantly expect to be attacked. Instantly. I mean like the next day. Yeah. And I'm talking Russia, China, and the Red Dawn forces in Central and South America. Well, and then on the heels of this, you've got, let's connect some dots here. You've got Western bankers have committed acts of war against Russia. You've got a situation where, you know, even the Secretary of State, after years of wrangling with the Iranians, he's allowed them to have a treaty with us guaranteeing what? A quick path to the nuclear bomb? There's a lot of things culminating here, isn't there? It's all coming to a nexus. And that's why I'm not willing to commit to Jade Helm will go live or Jade Helm 15 will not go live. But we're moving in the direction where at some point in the day, in the time, in the future, the near future, something's going to go live. Now, let, let me give you a, a Christian perspective on this. And, and, and I think this is a real good summation. I, I talked about this with John B. Wells on my show last night. My belief is this is that we very well could be living in the final days. We could be leading up to the tribulation and so forth, and that's possible. I see biblical evidence for it. However, I also remember what revelations tell me that we shall never know the time that the Lord will return. So to me, I think there's wiggle room there, and, and I would prefer to stand up and fight and push this back to another generation and let it become their problem if God is going to allow us his grace to continue to exist. I do think we're a nation under judgment, and we're no better than Sodom and Gomorrah with Planned Parenthood and what they've done with baby fetuses. I understand all that, but I think at the end of the day, I'm not willing to commit and say, <clears throat> excuse me, that this is, these are the end days for sure, because the Bible says you just don't know. So as long as we have hope, I, I'm willing to help lead the charge educate the public, uh, try to develop action plans to push this back. And I, and I do think if we could get on the right side of God and ask for God's forgiveness and invoke his uh, grace and his power, I do think we have the ability to move this back unless God has so ordained that this is the time of the end days.
Well, I think personally, we are absolutely deep in the last day. And what does Jesus say? He does say, no man knoweth the hour or day except for the Father. But in Matthew 24, he does give us a pretty good overview of how we will know these signs around us that it's coming. But here's the catch to all of this, Dave, too, is the fact that people are still in an absolute stupor and I wonder what it is going to take to wake people up. And one of the things that was so disgusting to me on the, well, not just Planned Parenthood, but then you've got this situation where Obama wants to get rid of anything that looks like a battle flag of the U.S., the Confederate flags being targeted. And then he lights up the good old White House with the six rainbow colors. And I thought, that's a good idea. Take God's symbol from the last time he destroyed the earth and wave it around as a symbol of your sin. It's quite disturbing what Obama is doing. And yet, has he commented once on the planned parenthood debacle? I don't think so. I think he's off in Kenya filming his Roots series, Dave. Well, um, when we talk about what he displayed at the White House, I mean, when we consider what Jerome Corsi, through his research and others, called Obama, yes. bathhouse Barry, we should not be surprised. We really should not be surprised. And in fact, there's a lot of videos that are coming forward from some of his good old college buddies that are a little bit incriminating. So in the waning moments, Dave, what do you think the most important thing here is for the listening audience to grasp in the coming days as we rocket sled into August and September? Well, when I, um, I look at it, my role, my small role in, in uh, fighting against the globalists, actually the Satanists, um, what I think the most important thing for people to do and what I'm trying to do is put, you know, God at the center of everything that I do and ask him to lead me and guide me and ask him to protect me if it's his will or to accept what his will is for me and to give me the strength to face that if, if it's not what I would, would want to do. I also believe that um, when I do my work, since I'm not convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that these are the end days. I think a very strong case can be made. But because the Bible says you won't know, I ask God for the strength to continue on to fight in a way that he would find pleasing. A lot of times I'll sit down to the computer and I think in my mind, I will be done. And, and, I, and I hope that uh, my actions in large part are pleasing to the Lord, although I'm a frail male, you know, who makes a lot of mistakes. But that's how I approach this. So what I would tell people is, one, on a personal level, you need to get prepared because there's going to come a day when you're not going to be able to get your money out of the bank, you're not going to be able to get food out of the grocery store. You better get prepared for those days. And there's plenty of information out there on how to do that. Secondly, and more importantly, you need to get your spiritual house in order. And that, to me, is where it stops and starts because this life is temporary. This is just a real short journey. We're here for a blink of an eye. Eternity's forever. And I don't care to spend it with people like David Rockefeller and Zygmunt Brzezinski. Absolutely. Well, that's good advice on an end note. Dave, for the new listeners, give out your website. Oh, sure. Thanks, Sheila. Um, my website is thecommonsenseshow.com, and I've got a convenient newsletter. You can sign up to receive all the stuff that goes on on the website. My radio show uh, airs on Sunday night from 8 p.m. Eastern to 11 p.m., and it's called The Common Sense Show, same name. And people can listen to that. The most simple way is to go to 
our Listen Live button, which is in the upper right-hand corner, and click that, and voila, there we'll be. And we have great guests. Everybody from you who's coming up on the show on August the 9th. And um, we have, uh, we've had Steve Quayle recently. Uh, I've had Doug Hagman a couple of times. We have the son Joe next week. We had John B. Wells tonight. So we really have impressive guests that are doing their very best to try to help prepare people for what they can do to fight against what's happening. And that's what we try to do is wake people up. Thank you, Dave, for coming on the program tonight. And do come back and see us soon. Always my pleasure, Sheila. Thank you. Folks, that was my good friend Dave Hodges from The Common Sense Show. Folks, just a reminder that the website, again, for those that are just tuning in, has changed a little bit. It's gotten more streamlined. We had to move it onto another server because of the attacks. So we're beefing up security. It's now hopefully going to have zero issues. Now, people have emailed me and asked me, where is the bio for today's show? Well, it's moved down on the website. So all you have to do is scroll down to recent episodes. And if you want to know who's on the show, there's a little scrolling ticker at the very top left on the pink bar, and that'll have the current guest for that day. And if you want to listen to show archives, there's a couple ways to do that. Sign up for my podcast, and you can also go to show archives on my website. People keep emailing me saying, oh, your podcast YouTube channel got taken down. That was not my YouTube channel. Someone else was uploading my things, and that's a copyright infringement. So if you want to listen to my podcast, there's a link on my website, weekendvigilante.com. That's the only official authorized versions of my podcast. Do sign up for my YouTube channel, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube at weekendvigilante.com. And finally, if you want to get your name on the draw for a personally signed autographed copy of my book that's personally signed to you, do recommend to Alex Jones as a guest Sheila Zelensky, author of Green Gospel. Do spell my name right, too, folks. Send Alex an email requesting you on the show. Tips, T-I-P-S, at Infowars.com. All one word. Tips at Infowars.com. Request me. Forward me that email to Sheila at WeekendVigilante.com. And I'll enter you in the draw. The truth is, this is a very important book, and I do hope that it gets some big exposure in the weeks to come. So hopefully Alex has me on. We'll see what happens there. And I've got exactly three days. It's the end of July. I've got three days to come up with my airtime costs. And so I've made a decision that if it doesn't come in by Friday, then July 31st is going to be my last day. I'm not going to renew August 1st. It is just too much work and too much being behind the eight ball every month. If people want the program on the air, they will fund it. And that's really the bottom line. I've done my part. And unless you do your part, I cannot remain on the air So I do hope people do step up to the plate. I told people last month that unless they continued to support me, I was unfortunately not going to be able to remain on the air. So I leave that with you. I do hope that it's worth keeping on the air. 
and that people do step up to the plate financially. I really do hope that you do that. Tomorrow, I have on the program Steve Quayle, stevequayle.com. What's going on with gold and the markets and a lot more. You'll want to catch that program tomorrow. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast tonight, folks. Good night and God bless.